Let's take our Bibles and let's go to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of our risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 1, and we read this in connection with Lord's Day 12 of the Catechism about Jesus Christ, his name, the name Christ, which means anointed. In Acts 1, we read from verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We also read from Acts 17. Acts 17. We read from verse 1. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom. And on, th on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down 
have come here also. And Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. So far our reading from the word of God. This afternoon I preach to you the gospel as we confess it in Lord's Day 12 of our Catechism on page 527. Lord's Day 12. Lord's Day 12. Why is he called Christ that is anointed? Because he has been ordained by God the Father and anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption. Also our only high priest, who by the one sacrifice of his body has redeemed us and who continually intercedes for us before the Father. And our eternal king, who governs us by his word and spirit and who defends and preserves us in the redemption obtained for us. Why are you called a Christian? Because I am a member of Christ by faith and thus share in his anointing so that I may as prophet confess his name, as priest present myself a living sacrifice of thankfulness to him and as king fight with a free and good conscience against sin and the devil in his life, and hereafter reign with him eternally over all creatures. So far, our reading from the Confession of the Church. We now listen to the preaching of the Gospel, and afterwards we sing in response Psalm 47. Psalm 47, after the sermon. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, about 50 years after our Lord was crucified and rose again from the dead, about 50 years later, some Jewish men were brought to Rome to appear before the emperor. Those Jewish men had done nothing wrong. They were not accused of any crime, but it was said that those men were descended from James, the son of Joseph and Mary. If that would be true, of course, those men would be related to Jesus. And why would that matter? Why would that be reason for them to be sent to Rome? Well, brothers and sisters, Jesus was called Christ, that is, Messiah. And Messiah was the name of the coming son of David, the promised king of Israel. Messiah, when he came, he would destroy the might of Rome and he would reign over all the earth. If, if Jesus would be a saviour, 
who would pay for our sins and give us eternal life on the other side of the grave, then no one would care if the whole world would follow Jesus. But we just read together Acts 17. And in Acts 17, Paul was preaching the gospel in Thessalonica. And then the Jews were upset by Paul's preaching. They accused Paul of saying that there was another king. Another king apart from Caesar. And that king was Jesus. And we need to understand to preach that Jesus is the Christ that is proclaiming that Jesus is king. And that means if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves Christians, then we confess that Jesus is our king. He is our king, our master, and we are subject to him. And we should understand that today in 2023, the question is not whether Jesus is king or whether Caesar is king. Instead, the question is, Satan is the prince of darkness. Satan is the ruler of this present evil age. But if we are Christians... That means Satan does not rule over our life. Sin has no dominion over us. But Jesus is our Lord. He is the Messiah, the Christ. I preach to you this afternoon the gospel of your salvation under the following theme. Our Lord Jesus saves us from our sins and misery by transforming us into Christians. And we will see that he is our eternal king, our only high priest, and our chief prophet and teacher. Our Lord Jesus Christ saves us from our sins and misery by transforming us into Christians. And we will see first that Jesus is our eternal king. Now, the Greek word Christ or Christos is a translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. And in English, these words both mean anointed. When Paul went on his mission journeys, when he preached, in every city, Paul would go into the synagogue and he would tell the Jews that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And all the Jews, they understood exactly what that meant. Because that word Christ or Messiah was familiar to them. The whole Old Testament, all God's promises present a picture of what this Messiah is going to look like. Daniel 7. In Daniel 7, God promised that sometime in the future, a man would appear and he would be the Christ and he would be given authority and glory and sovereign power. And all peoples and nations and men of every language would worship him. The dominion of that coming anointed one would be an everlasting dominion that would never pass away. His kingdom would never be destroyed. 
in Zechariah 9. The Israelites were commanded to rejoice greatly and shout because the king was coming to them righteous and having salvation. He would proclaim peace to the nations. His rule would extend from sea to sea. And we know in Luke 2 when that old man Simeon was in the temple when he met the little baby Jesus with his parents. Simeon was waiting. He was waiting for the Christ, the consolation, the comfort of Israel. For all these people, brothers and sisters, life was difficult. Life was painful. But they had a hope, something in the future. The Messiah, he would come and he would destroy all their enemies. And when Jesus came, when Jesus did great signs and wonders... Many Israelites, they rejoiced and they thought that Jesus must be the promised Messiah. But then Jesus was arrested and nailed to the cross. He was dead and gone. And then almost everyone gave up on him. They went back to waiting and hoping and praying because they still believed that one day in the future, God would send the Christ to be the king and save them from their enemies. But on Easter Sunday, the disciples learned that Jesus is the Christ. They learned that Jesus has overcome their enemies. Not the Roman enemies, but their real enemies. Satan and sin and death. So that now... Jesus is the Messiah. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He has received all authority in heaven and on earth. And then the promise of the forgiveness of sins and the command to repent and believe that was preached to all the earth. And now we might nod our heads, brothers and sisters, we might say, yes, we understand that. But when I tell my neighbour that I believe in Jesus, my neighbour smiles and nods his head. He says, fine, you believe that. And if I tell my neighbour that I would be really happy if he would also believe the gospel because I want him to be saved... My neighbour would appreciate my concern. Even if I would tell my neighbour why I want him to believe. Because unbelief leads to hell. My neighbour would still admire my good intentions. But brothers and sisters, that message is not the gospel that Paul preached. Paul preached, yes. Paul preached that Jesus went to the cross to pay for sin. Paul preached, believe in Jesus and you will be saved. But Paul said more than that. Paul said that Jesus is the Christ. That means he is the king. And he commands everyone to repent and believe. He commands and he says, if you will not submit 
If you will not fall down on your knees and worship me, then, then he warned, I will come in all my glory and then all the nations will gather before me. Then I will separate them as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And then all the righteous will receive the kingdom prepared for them since the creation of the world. But all the unrighteous will be cast into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And so it is one thing, beloved congregation, it is one thing to say that Jesus loves me. It is one thing to say that Jesus has paid for my sins. But to believe that Jesus is your saviour, that means also to confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. It's one thing to sing, what a friend I have in Jesus. But to do what King Jesus commands is absolutely something else. And the bottom line is that Jesus is not our saviour unless we receive him as the Messiah, the Christ, as our Lord and King who rules over our lives. And then what does it mean to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life? Well, Jesus explained that in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus told God's people, he said to them in the Old Testament, God told the people of Israel that they were not allowed to murder. But, says Jesus, as the Christ, as your New Testament king, I say to you, if you are angry at your brother, I regard that as murder. So don't murder your brother. In fact, don't even be angry at him. And Christ continued. In the Old Testament, God said to the people of Israel, you shall not commit adultery. But the Christ continued. As your New Testament king, I say to you, that if you so much as look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery. And the point is, brothers and sisters, Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one of God. And that means Jesus was given a special task by his Father. And do you know what the task is? Jesus was given a special task by his Father because we had become broken and depraved sinners. We were on the road to hell. And then Jesus was anointed by God to do a job. And that job was to fix us, to make us holy again so that we might turn away from our sins and live as God's children in the way that we were meant to live before we fell into sin. And this is why the Lord Jesus Christ comes to us this afternoon again 
And he says, I have a task. I have a calling. And my task and calling concerns you. Because my task and calling is to save you people, to save you from your sins and to make you holy again. Now, will you listen to me? Will you receive me as your Lord? Or will you remain in your sins? And will you go the way of sin and death? We live in a world in which authority is almost a dirty word. And no wonder, because the authorities that we know, like our state government in Perth and our federal government in Canberra, they are totally self-serving. The Lord intended for them to serve for our good. But they don't know God, and so they don't have a clue about what is good for us. But Jesus is the Christ and he exercises his authority in a different way. He comes to us. He speaks to us through his word and by the power of his spirit. He puts us and he keeps us on the road that leads to salvation and life. And then we either accept him as our saviour and we submit our hearts and our lives to him. Or otherwise, we remain in our sins. We remain on the road to eternal death. Either Jesus is our Lord, or Satan is still our master. So let us worship Jesus Christ as our Lord. Let us obey him as our king. That is our first point. In our second point, we will now see that Jesus is also our only high priest. When life is comfortable, it can be difficult to appreciate the importance of Jesus being our high priest. Because what do we need a priest for? The answer is, we need a priest because the world that we live in is under God's curse. Everything that we see in the news, alarmism over climate change, war in Ukraine, social unrest over Transgenderism, conflict between the US of A and China, and also the pain that is felt in our community because of gambling and alcohol abuse and drug abuse. The list goes on. All these are signs of the reality that life on this planet is under God's curse. And in this world, the task of the high priest is to reverse God's curse. To replace God's curse with God's blessing. Our fall into sin brought about God's curse. But now Jesus Christ, 
our only high priest. He reverses the curse and gives us God's blessing instead. And when we read the Gospels, it happens several times. The Lord Jesus Christ would give a blessing. For example, when Peter confessed Jesus, then Peter, then Jesus said to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Another time, Jesus took the children in his arms and he blessed them. And then, then after the Lord Jesus died on the cross, after he rose again and just before he ascended into heaven in Acts 1, we read it together, Jesus blessed his disciples again. But then, that blessing was different. That was really the blessing, brothers and sisters. Because the Old Testament teaches very clearly, before the priest can bless the people, first he must make sacrifice for sin. First he must sacrifice because by sacrificing, he does away with sin. And then afterwards, the priest can lay God's blessing upon God's people. And that's exactly what happens in Acts 1. The Lord Jesus has gone to the cross. And he has offered the true and ultimate sacrifice as payment for our sins. And now that payment has been made in Acts 1. He speaks to his disciples. He raises his arms and he blesses them. This is the Lord's priestly office. And do we understand what it means when Jesus blesses his disciples? Do we understand what it means when the minister, at the end of the worship service, blesses the congregation? Through the blessing, brothers and sisters, the Lord puts his name on his people. The Lord puts his name on his people. Just like you have a book. And you put your name in the book to claim that book as your own. To prove that it belongs to you. God used the blessing arms of the high priest to put his name on his people, to claim them as his own. And so in faith, we see the Lord Jesus Christ standing on the Mount of Olives in Acts 1 when he went to the cross to pay for sin. He took God's curse upon himself. The curse that lay on the world, Jesus said, Father, give it to me. And now, as a high priest, he raises his arms and he puts his names on his people. He says, you belong to me and from my throne in heaven, I will protect you and I will care for you. And then, while the Lord has his hands raised in blessing, his feet leave the ground as he goes up into heaven 
Soon the whole Mount of Olives is under his blessing arms. A little later, the whole city of Jerusalem is under the blessing arms of the Messiah. And then the whole land of Judea, even the whole world, is under the blessing hands of the Messiah. So that the disciples, they can travel to Antioch, to Ephesus, and even to Rome to preach the gospel. Because no matter where they are, they are always under the blessing arms of their high priest, Jesus Christ. When the disciples saw the Lord Jesus Christ for the last time, they watched him go into heaven with his arms raised, giving them the high priestly blessing. So let us remember him in the same way as our high priest, with hands lifted up, always blessing us, blessing us with all the authority of the Messiah, the King over all the earth. He has already defeated our enemies. And so when he blesses, no one can take that blessing away from us. In our third point, we will now see that Jesus is also our chief prophet and teacher. In Old Testament Israel, the king had a clear job description. And when one king died, there was automatically a vacancy so that a dead king was automatically replaced by a new living king. That's the king. And the priesthood was the same. When one high priest died, his position was naturally filled by his son or if he had no son, by someone else. But there is no office of prophet. There is no constant stream of prophets where one prophet dies and he is replaced by another prophet as a matter of course. Instead, when the church needed reformation or when the king had to be told a special message, then God would raise up a prophet, especially for the occasion. And sometimes there were two or three or maybe even more prophets prophesying at the same time. It just depended on the need and the circumstances. And again, there is a good reason, brothers and sisters, why normally there were no prophets in Israel. See, at Mount Sinai, God told the Israelites everything that they needed to know. And everything that the prophets said afterwards was all same old, same old repetition. The prophet Samuel told King Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. The prophet Isaiah said to King Hezekiah, Trust in the Lord and not in the king of Babylon. The prophet Amos 
told the people of Israel, you think that everything is okay, but you are not taking the Lord seriously. Every time, the Israelites went their own way. By their actions, they were asking God for his covenant curse. They were calling God's curse down upon themselves by their disobedience. But God was watching over them. And God graciously understood what they needed. And God appointed prophets to tell them what they had to do. There was always a king in Israel. There was always a priest in Israel. But there was not always a prophet in Israel. In fact, if there was a prophet, that was a bad sign. Because it proves that the Israelites are not listening. It proves that God needs to warn them and call them to repentance. Many prophets are proof of much trouble. And it turned out the Israelites would not listen to the prophets. And so the Lord found another way to teach them. How? The Lord sent into the world his son Jesus Christ. And he became our chief prophet and teacher. He explained to us what the prophets could never get us to understand. Christ revealed to us that the whole Old Testament was all about him. All the laws of Moses, all the sacrifices and all the prophecies, they were all about him because he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus explained that he is the bread of life. He is the living water. He is the good shepherd. Jesus said, to, Jesus said Come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. As our chief prophet and teacher, Jesus explained that the gospel is about sin, your sin and my sin, and God's anger over sin. And God's gift of forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus had a special task, Lord Day 12 tells us. Jesus was appointed by God and ordained by the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher. That means to reveal to us that it is God's will that we believe in him and be saved. And now there's still a little bit more. Because when Moses prophesied, when Elijah prophesied, and even when the Lord Jesus prophesied, who really listened? Who really listened? Even the Lord Jesus could preach till he was blue in the face. But the people of Israel, they just wouldn't change. Instead, they stayed the same. But then, on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, then the hearts of the apostles were opened. And they understood and they believed the preaching of Jesus. And then, 
The apostles received power from on high to preach the gospel. And this is what the catechism really means when it says that Jesus Christ has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption, brothers and sisters. When Jesus was on earth, he preached, but his preaching had so very little effect. But on Pentecost, the preaching of Jesus through the apostles, it was accompanied by the power of the Spirit. And that kind of preaching is powerful. That kind of preaching enters our hearts. It pricks our consciences and it brings us to faith and repentance. No, it's not the minister. It's not his clever words. It's not his ideas. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that works faith in the hearts of God's children. The preaching of Jesus Christ. The preaching concerning Jesus Christ that is powerful and that has great effect because the Spirit of God gives power to that teaching. The Spirit of God works through that preaching to bring us to faith and salvation. Jesus is our chief prophet and teacher because Jesus employs the Holy Spirit to turn our hearts and to make us believe the gospel. So again, brothers and sisters, the name Christ is much more than a personal name. It is a royal title ever since Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. There have been Two kings in this world. Two royal figures who have claimed to have authority in this world. Even today, there is the Lord Jesus Christ and there is Satan. They both claim to be kings. They both desire to be your king. And by nature, we all belong to the kingdom of Satan. By nature, we do what Satan wants us to do. But Paul preached the good news that Jesus is the Christ so that we might escape from the power of Satan by fleeing to Jesus, fleeing to King Jesus, trusting in him, living in obedience to him. That's what makes us Christians. Saved by grace, through faith. At the same time, we also confess that King Jesus offered the sacrifice to pay for our sins. And therefore we live under his blessing. In this rotten world, we live under the blessing of King Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the word, King Jesus reveals to us the will of God. So that by faith in King Jesus, we know God and we know the way to eternal life. Beloved congregation, we have good news. Let's 
obey that good news. Amen.